Chapter Six of the Outdoor Chums in the Big Woods. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Outdoor Chums in the Big Woods by Captain Quincy Allen. Chapter Six: The Lone Cabin. Here's trouble ahead," declared Jerry in evident disgust. "'Because sure enough that's certainly the ugly beast we saw on the train.' "'Bill Nackerson's dog!' exclaimed Will. Bluff was still staring. He seemed half inclined to doubt his eyesight. Just then the dingy-looking animal gave a series of snappy barks, after which expression of defiance to the boys he turned and scampered away at a rapid pace. "'For three cents I'd knock him over,' muttered Bluff angrily. "'It would be silly for you to try it, Bluff,' Frank told him, "'and only give the dog's owner a good reason for taking the law in his own hands. "'But just think of it! That crowd must have got off at the next station, Frank,' declared Bluff. "'Well, they had a right to if they felt like it, I suppose,' he was told. "'Since when did the railroad company give us charge over the trains up here in Maine "'that we could object to anybody leaving the cars?' we did that when we felt like it yes but we're going to have that bunch around here and they'll be our rivals in the hunting bluff continued vigorously if half they tell us is true laughed frank determined not to cross rivers before he came to them there'll be plenty of game here for us all but when that nackerson knows we're here he'll just as like as not try to make things uncomfortable for us jerry broke in showing that he felt the same way Bluff did. "'Oh, let's hope not,' murmured Will, whose motto was peace. "'If they bother us too much, we can let Mr. Darrell know about it,' Frank went on calmly. "'That's so,' Will burst out. "'And I tell you, if a bunch of those husky lumberjacks got busy, they'd chase Nackerson and his cronies out of the big woods in a hurry, believe me.' At the same time, while Frank tried to make light of the impending trouble, deep down in his heart he feared they were to find the Nackerson set of sporting men unpleasant neighbors. "'The only bother it can make us that I can see,' Frank told the others, "'is that we'll have to do all our roaming around in couples. There must be no solitary jaunts. With two to handle they would hesitate to attempt anything serious. Remember that always, will you, boys?' "'It's just as well,' remarked Will. "'And whoever stays in camp with me can help with my photograph work. "'I'm earnest about succeeding in my particular branch on this trip, "'and perhaps you'd like to know the reason why?' "'We certainly would,' Frank told him. "'I've had an idea that you were keeping something back all this while, so out with it.' Will chuckled and took some papers from his pocket. "'That's a folder issued by one of the big main railroads,' he explained. You see, I happened to read in a paper that they had offered some pretty nice cash prizes for the best photographs taken this season that would show what Wood's life up here stood for. The offer holds good up to New Year's Day. And you mean to enter? To try for the money? demanded Bluff. That's what I expect to, was the reply. I've complied with all the conditions they impose, and if I'm lucky enough to get some first-class views while in the big woods, I mean to submit them in competition. It may be keen, and I'll stand little show, but nothing venture, nothing win. Bluff knew what splendid work Will had been doing in the line of sport he had taken as his especial hobby. 
"'Now excuse me for differing with you there,' he said. "'But I'd like to say right here that if you go in for those prizes, they'll be sure to drop into your hand like ripe plums. You know how to get results better than any amateur photographer I ever ran across.' They were once more pushing forward while discussing this latest matter. For the time being, everyone seemed to have quite forgotten the unpleasant feeling conjured up by the sudden appearance of the dog. It was near the middle of the day when, after following the stream in its meanderings for quite two miles, Frank pointed out to them the object of their search. "'There's the little cabin, sure enough,' said Bluff, his voice full of pleasure. "'And let me tell you, it looks all that Mr. Darrell cracked it up to be. "'For my part, I think we ought to be as comfortable as four bugs in a rug in such a cozy hut,' Will told them, happy in the thought that he could now drop that heavy pack, and before long start to taking some of the beautiful scenes of the snowy woods. There was only an inch or so of the white covering on the ground, but it gave the landscape a wintry appearance.' They had really had more of a fall in their far-distant hometown, Frank remembered, thinking of the snowball battle and the broken window. A few minutes later they were inside the cabin. Every boy expressed himself as delighted with the prospects. There was a huge fireplace, and just four bunks ranged around the interior, with a rude table and a number of homemade rustic chairs. It did not take them long to begin to make things seem homelike, once they had their packs open. The cheery sound of the axe at work told that a fire would soon add to the charm of that interior. Then would follow the delightful odors of cooking, with each boy taking his turn. By the time the afternoon was well along, they had managed to stow everything in the place where it was intended to be found— their well-beloved blankets, that had accompanied them on numerous outings, were settled each in the particular bunk its owner had chosen. "'Now that I've hung our cooking things up on these nails alongside the fireplace, there's a cheery look about the place that I like,' Will announced, with considerable pride in his voice. "'And that pile of firewood outside the door, cut by all of us in turn, stands for solid comfort in my eyes.' jerry remarked as he ruefully surveyed the first row of blisters on palms unused to such hard work with plenty of game to be had announced bluff patting his favorite gun we ought to be as happy as the day is long only for that tough crowd being somewhere close by frank remarked will have you any idea how far away they are camping well that would be a hard question to answer replied the other smiling only for the fact that our friend, Mr. Darrell, happened to mention a little thing I expect might have a bearing on what you want to know. But he couldn't know anything about that Nackerson crowd, objected Jerry. I don't suppose he did, Frank informed him. But in telling me how to get over to his little lodge, he mentioned another log cabin that lay in the woods on the way here. He said that it was an old one that some trappers had used long ago. The roof was bad, but might be repaired. Sometimes hunters stopped there a night or two when passing through. "'Then that must be where those men are putting up,' said Will. "'Let's hope two nights will be their limit, and that none of us will run across them when off in the big timber.' "'Forget about such an unpleasant subject,' advised Frank. "'Everything looks bright and promising around us, so what's the use of bothering with trouble that may never happen?' He changed the subject, and soon the others had apparently forgotten all about the near presence of Bill Nackerson and his evil companions. 
Supper that evening was a meal not soon to be forgotten. The boys all had a hand in its preparation. Soon they meant to adopt a system that would give each one his regular turn at this important duty. And then afterward how jolly it was to make themselves comfortable before a roaring fire, and talk of home or the many interesting things that had happened to them on past outings. Later on all were snuggled down under their blankets in their bunks. The fire burned low and would perhaps go out entirely before dawn came. The last thing Bluff remembered hearing was the far-off hooting of some owl that braved the winter's cold. It seemed to soothe him, for listening and occasionally hearing the cheery cackle of the fire, Bluff lost himself in sleep. End of chapter 6